Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magnetize Your Man channel. I'm, of course, your host, Antje Boyd, founder and creator of the Magnetize Your Man method. And of course, look, if you are new here, welcome. You are in for a treat because this is the channel where we help you to magnetize the man you want who then loves and desires you forever. Today, I have a very special guest here today, which is Juni Moon. So we will have a discussion answering questions that I know you ladies have that are getting in the way of attracting this incredibly high quality, deep connected, long-term relationship that you so deeply desire to have. So before we do that, I just want to go through um, who Juni, of course, is. She's the love coach, teaches women in midlife how to magnetize their ideal partner and experience next level love. Using her unique heart-centered dating strategies coupled with some powerful mindset tools that helped her magnetize the love of her own life, women learn to embrace this precious stage of life with confidence, playfulness, and ease. She's also an award-winning international speaker, number one Amazon best-selling author of Loving the Whole Package, Shed the Shame, and love, Live Life Out Loud, director, producer of the film Shed the Shame, host of the podcast Midlife Love Out Loud, and a certified shadow work for a facilitator. Of course, you can find her at coachjuniemoon.com. So with that, welcome, Junie. Hey, so good to be here. So I'd love to just give, give you a little bit, um, like give the listeners a little bit of a rundown of what has gotten you to that place where you are today, which is being passionate about helping midlife women to magnetize the right man for them. Yeah, well, I was giving up on love. I was in a marriage where I was walking on eggshells. I was eating a lot of food to manage my discomfort. I had a lot of self-hatred. I wasn't able to express myself. And I kind of thought that's the best it was going to be until I went, this was not okay. And I did the personal growth work. I dove in and I found a body of work called shadow work that helped me really unplug from the past and really claim my voice, claim who I am and open to love in a very different way, which allowed me to then find the man of my dreams. And I knew that I was onto something <laughs> because I really didn't think it was possible. I really was giving up. And I, I knew that love is not only possible, but it's there for the taking when we really can shift and change and open up. So I, I knew it was, it was just right there. I, I, I knew it was something that I wanted to do to help others know that it's not only possible, but with certain support and tools that you could actually have transformation that sticks and open to love. And can you give the women a little bit more context? Because you, it seems like you jumped in the middle of the story of like, why, why were you eating? What was happening before? Uh, <laughs> I'm just sitting here with like a question mark in front of my face. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for catching that. You know, it's funny because, you know, it's, being on so many podcasts and interviews, it sometimes we 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 get it watered down a little bit. Like, oh, I didn't say that. Um, well, I was micromanaging everything. I had so much fear of the the marriage failing. I was afraid of speaking up because my husband had a very bullish, spicy, aggressive nature, and so here I was trying to maintain everything by 
holding down my voice, holding, you know, not asking for my needs to be met and not expressing my true, my true self. And that's where the food came in. It, it really soothed me. It helped me manage my emotions instead of really feeling my emotions. And so that was about 18 years ago when I woke up and thought I had a food problem. And what I realized was I had a self-esteem problem and a programming problem. And I know you know a lot about this because we have similar training around what patterns we've picked up and why. So I was managing my life the best I could, but it really wasn't going so well. And once I really saw the terror I had of really being seen, the fear of really speaking my true voice and being authentic and vulnerable, vulnerability was not something I was comfortable with. When I learned how to be more comfortable with myself and really honor my voice, that's when things changed. And my husband didn't go for the ride. He was adamant about not doing any work on himself. It was affecting my child. I, I remember this moment, this very specific moment where my my six foot six foot husband was towering over my my 12 year old and bullying him. And I had just started doing the work, but I wasn't really ready to speak up for myself. But I saw the dynamic and I just stood in between them, which was huge because I never I was terrified of doing that. And I just was like, absolutely not. Time out, you know, time out. And in that moment, not only did I see the impact it was having on my son, but I realized that I was living a half-life and I wasn't living as fully as I deserved. And that's when everything changed. And that's also when I lost my weight and I've kept it off for 18 years. Yeah, and that's really interesting because that's what I refer to as the priestess moment. When there's mm. almost a priestess moment is really that moment where there's like before and after. So there's like a whole different way of being who you are. There's like an awakening that happens. Like there's an activation that happens for you. And before we go, actually, like what happened after the priestess moment, uh, tell us a little bit more about like what were some of the internal dialogues that you had that kept you from saying something from like because you wanted to say something, but then the internal dialogue talked you, of course, out of it. You know, it's interesting because when I work with my clients, that's exactly what we're looking for is what's what's between your ears? What are you telling yourself? And I have to say, I wasn't as tuned in. I just knew I had knots in my stomach. I knew my throat was tight. And I guess if I were to, to imagine what I was telling myself, it was probably keep your mouth shut, just deal with it. You're going to make a mess of it. You don't know what to do. You're not going to get your needs met anyway. Don't rock the boat. I mean, these were some of the things that were going on inside of me. And basically I was in protection mode. I didn't want to poke the bear. My, my ex-husband really had a big, scary energy. So I was, you know, gosh, God knows what I was thinking. All I know is, is I was feeling unsafe. I was feeling undeserving and I was blocked and stuck until I did shadow work where we shined a light on why was I holding myself back? Why was I so scared to actually say, Hey, this is not okay. My needs matter. I deserve to be taken care of too. But I, I wasn't really taught that. And so, yeah, the, the thoughts were probably like, I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Why bother? Yeah, to name a few. <laughs> so usually the women that come to us are, are actually in midlife. And they also tend to run a little bit more on like the masculine, actually more the distorted masculine side. And, yeah. um, but yet, so right, so they have like this, this way of being where I show up on the first date and somewhere 
they're already communicating. Like, I don't really need you. But then there's also, and that's why I always like to hear the story of everyone, right? Because they also have that little girl inside of them that was like three years old, four years old, when daddy was either abusive or mom was emotionally unavailable or the case, whatever the case may be. So now there's still this open loop that this woman has inside of herself that she also takes to the day. So how do you actually recommend for women to deal with when they have actually basically two parts showing up to the party? Huge question. And that's exactly what happens. We have all these parts and there's this one part that's in protection mode. And I had that, you know, I was like, I need to be independent. I need to take care of myself. I need to handle everything. And I stepped into that, that um, shadowy independent masculine self. I don't need anybody. And then there's the vulnerable little girl that just desperately wanted to have that attention and connection. So in shadow work, we do look at parts. And so when someone comes to me and they're like, I just feel like I'm pushing men away and I'm scared to open up. Those are two very different things. And so we work on both of them separately. Sometimes they overlap. So for example, the part that's scared to be vulnerable, scared to open up, we need to give that part, that 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 inner part that's going, oh, I don't want to open up and I don't want to let anybody in. We need to, to help that part, support that part, to know that it's safe, to know that we have our own back. And, and so with some of the special processes, we have other parts come in and go, I've got you. It's okay. You're amazing. And we call that the sovereign part, the part that really supports our vision. And we might even call that the queen that says, I see your value. I know you deserve this and I will support you in moving forward and calling upon the, the warrior energy to go. And the warrior is going to you know, draw a line in the sand and say no and protect you as well. And that's when that little girl can go, okay, wait a second. I've got me. I'm going to be okay. And I'm older and wiser and I can open up now. So that would be one way of, of supporting somebody inside themselves to know that they can be vulnerable. I call it strategic vulnerability, the ability to open up and feel safe while, well, yeah, to be safe while they're opening up strategic vulnerability in, in that there's, there's ways to set things up so that we can take good care of ourselves like with the sovereign and the magician, excuse me, the warrior. But in reference to that independent queen, I've got this, you know, we, we, we have to, um, we have to also give some other messages to be able to relax and go, okay, wait a second. I could be tapped into my divine feminine. I could be sourced with her and, and open in that way. So there's, there's different roads to Rome and it depends on what presents when I work with people and, um, yeah, what they, what they want to focus on first. So what would be a practical tip that you could give a woman right now who has maybe a day tonight or uh, next week, because a lot of women reach out all the time to me and that's like their situation. So yeah. what's like one practical thing that they can do? The one practical thing I would recommend, and I would say, keep practicing it every day, not just before you go on a date, but to get it in your muscles, to get it in, you know, in your bones is to every day throughout the day, put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, what do I need? I know this sounds so simple and yet it, it connects us to ourselves and is able to allow us to go, okay, wait a second. I can take care of myself. I can watch out for myself and relax and therefore show up for these dates in a very different way versus 
I'm going to put on my armor and protect myself. So if we continually support that little girl and keep listening to that part that's going, you know what? I need a hug. I need to slow down. I need to take a breath. Then when that muscle's strong, they can go on those dates and know that they can relax and that they've got themselves and they're taking care of themselves. It's 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 a it's a first step anyway. That it, you know, there's def, it's definitely a first step to start to to uh, to chip away some of the the old wiring that says you're not safe. You better not open up. And, and what I hear you say too is really about actually teaching like all those women who are so other focused and putting everyone else on a pedestal to actually come back to themselves because that in and of itself is actually a muscle that most women. Um, that are listening to this, they don't have that. So even though they are very masculine and they're very driven, they're the CEOs of their own companies and so on. However, because of that needy and that clingy part that didn't get their needs met when they were a little girl, that part remains where everything is still about the other person or controlling the conversation or controlling what kind of questions I ask or controlling Right. So I see already some ladies like nodding their heads. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's in my head. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's what's going to get um, the women out of the rut, too. It's like actually like, OK, like, you know, it's like really going into uncomfort because it's actually extremely uncomfortable for them to yeah. for themselves. Yeah. And we haven't overall been taught how to take care of ourselves. We have been taught overall to give to others, to nurture. That's kind of how women are. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful quality, this nurturing, loving, giving quality. And yet we haven't been taught to nurture and give to ourselves. We've been told that would be selfish. And so many women come to me and say, well, I don't want to be selfish. And I say, well, of course you don't want to be selfish because the selfish that we've seen is shadowy selfish, where somebody is just so self-centered and they don't think of other people. That's not how they're going to be, especially if you're worried about being selfish. But to be able to be focused on oneself in self-care and to know that we've got our own back, it, when, when, when you're opening to love, when you're wanting to, to design this next chapter, I always say the first most important relationship is coming home to ourself, is that inner connection, that inside job, because we're so used to looking for those cues from outside. And it's time to take our power back, but feminine power, not power over, not power where we're going to like tough it out, but to be able to be so grounded in our goddess and, and that divine feminine so that we can relax and know and trust that we really can show up just as we are. And that's more than enough. And I love that you talked about uh, being selfish being arrogant is like another, another one is like being an ad, like irresponsible, inadequate, just to name a few, because what I would love to do is actually shift into the world of shadows and actually seeing like, yeah, what are you afraid to be called? You know, are you on a date and you're doing every, everything you can to not be called selfish? Well, guess what? Then you have to go in the doormat. Like you just have no choice because the minute you're just going to come slightly out of being a doormat, you immediately conceive, perceive yourself as selfish. So what is like one step that a woman can do, even like on a date when she has like all those stories, right? Like, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to be, I mean, we have all the, you know, I don't want to be crazy or I don't want to come off as stupid. So we have like all those different shadows. Yeah. Um, 
depending on, of course, the childhood, we talked about that and developmental stages and the ruptures that occurred there. Like what is a, what, what can a, a woman do on those first dates when she's like feeling the terror um, inside of her system and really just wants to put her best foot forward in order to hide. Yeah. It. You know, and that's, that's a tricky question because how I view it is it's not just a, okay, I'm going to just have a different mindset and be different and just let those shadows go. These are deep seated long term patterns that have been drilled in for years and years and years, decades and decades. Um, so two parts. So one is what's a, what's something someone can do on a date right away is to notice the inner dialogue, to notice, oh, I, I don't want to look like I'm talking too much or being too much and to take a breath and go, wait a second, that's an old story of being too much. Let me be me. You know, oh, I'm, I'm looking like I'm, you know, like I have it all and I, I'm so arrogant. Old story, old perception, you know, how we've been wired. Wait a second, let me own, let me own my, my gifts. Let me own my beauty, whatever it is. So we can kind of talk our way through it and hopefully relax into it. And what I have found is so much of that thinking is so exhausting to try to talk ourselves out of not being in shadow or squashing ourselves down. At the end of the day, if we're squashing down the, I don't want to be too much, we might be too little. <laughs> if we're squashing down, I don't want to be arrogant, we exactly that the opposite will happen, which is like, well, I'm not going to even toot my own horn at all and not show that I'm proud of myself or I have something to offer. So I just, my, my deepest desire is to lower the volume of all that inner chatter. And that, that's the work. That's the work that I encourage people to do outside the dating realm to, to unplug from that and take back the energy. And I love arrogant as uh, one of your examples, because if somewhere along the way, we've decided that arrogance is bad. And we took that energy and we threw it in the shadow bag behind us. And we said, I'm never going to be arrogant. I'm never going to look like that. Then we also probably have lost access to the ability of dropping in and owning who we are and our gifts. And we're, we're so afraid on some level of looking good or sharing that we think we're gifted in some way or we have value in our worth. We throw our worth away because if God forbid we share our worth, we might look arrogant. And that's what's so sad because we lose access to that beautiful life force that's inside that shadow. So that's shadow work, you know, with the special processes, we learn that the shadowy arrogance, we're not going to be that. That's, that's the unconscious realm. Consciously, let's own who we are and our worth so that we don't come out sideways and say something we don't mean or act in a way that isn't in alignment or an integrity of who we really are when we are meeting somebody that potentially can be a partner. You know, the reason why I brought arrogant as an example, because I, for one, I love shadow work so much because it holds so much charge, which means it holds so much momentum, so much trigger, which is of course a tremendous amount of manifestation energy if pointed um, and channeled in the right direction. But I was called that like at a conference like three years ago by a woman leader. And there was something about trusting power. I don't remember all the details, but mm. um, I was really like challenging her and just really saying like, well, how do you trust your power and all of that? So anyway, she ended up telling me, um, 
that I'm borderline arrogant, right? And so <laughs> what I could have done is like respond with a shame shield, right? Renee Brown right. talks about it. That's her work. Um, you know, like attacking her or just, oh no, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm all humble and I'm grateful. But instead, <laughs> I just like did a dance, you know, oh, I'm so arrogant. Yes. Oh, that's so great. Right? So that's what I was, that's what I wanted to get at too. It's like, just like, because what, what I was, was saying, what you were saying to this life force energy you described is that richness of the shadow. And then can you dwell in the rich? I know, I know it's not, it's not easy when you like get triggered in front of like 500 people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that you dance with it. Cause if we could play with it, it takes away the charge. It takes away the, 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 the one, two punch. I love that. And the other thing is, is that when we are able to unplug from the old wounding and someone goes boo and says you're arrogant or you're selfish, you could look at that and go, oh, that's an interesting thing. It's like, it's almost like you're watching a movie and it has nothing to do with you because it's not your truth anymore. You know your truth. But if you have that in shadow yourself and you're afraid of being too arrogant or being too much and someone says, oh my gosh, tone it down you're more apt to go, you know? And so look, we're always, we're always growing We're I'm still working on my crap, you know, <laughs> but taking, taking the edges off, you know, taking the layers off. So it's not such a big trigger. And then if you are poked a little bit, you can dance with it. You can play with it. You could joke about it. And that doesn't shame the other person who obviously has that in shadow that it's projecting all over you and you don't have to take the hit as, you know, as well. So I love that story. That's great. So one thing I always talk about is like um, increasing our radiance, increasing your emotional range. So how can us actually falling in love with our shadow, being able to metabolize our shadow, help us to increase the charisma, also known as being seen by the right men? Yeah. Again, it's about owning all who, of who, owning all of who we are. That's why I titled my book, Loving the Whole Package, because there's nothing bad inside of us. Some of the things got a little warped because of, because of our upbringing or some of the messaging. And when we can truly take back these energies and know that we are whole and beautiful, we can then shine our light. So we, we need to shed some of the old stories. We need to shed some of the old beliefs because they're in the background with all the noise, making us feel inadequate or feeling like we can't, we shouldn't. So it, it really is about owning all of who we are and shadow and light and to be able to say, yeah, you know, sometimes I, I can drop into being arrogant. I will own that. I will own that. Sometimes I am a know-it-all. I have, I know a lot. And sometimes even with my partner, I'll see, I slip a little into that, you know, I know more than you because I've done all this work and I'm exaggerating and yet not because sometimes I dip into that and then I, I can spot it so fast because I've worked on that shadow and go, oh, you know what? I'm on my high horse here. I'm sorry, hon. And then I can drop back into being in relationship with him. So it's a slippery slope, but the more we understand what we've lost access to, you know, what we've put in shadow and disowned, the more we can then be with it. And then if we get triggered, we can dance with it and play with it and go, look at me, I'm being an arrogant, whatever, you know, and, uh, and come back to our hearts, come back to that heart to heart connection and uh, yeah, be humble. And I would say most importantly to not allow other people's triggers or other people's charges to determine our responses. 
All right. I know we're we're heading towards the end of this uh, beautiful interview here. And so, Junie, tell um, the listener a little bit more about how they can find you and, and what special um, gift you have for them or what. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So for anyone that is looking for love, if you're here, that's probably why you're here. Uh, you can find me at coachjuniemoon.com and that's J-U-N-I-E. And there's even a free gift there called the Midlife Love Guide to Successful Dating. And I give you seven hot tips to be able to really streamline the dating process and and fine tune it so you're not spinning your wheels and wasting time on the wrong partner and a lot of it is an inside job but it's 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 a very concise seven steps to really get you moving so you can have more success awesome well, thank you so much for being here today juni like it's definitely very interesting and definitely also very thought-provoking and shame-provoking which is like mm. you know If you know anything about my work, I just like love the triggers and the charge. Bring it on. Be big, be bold, be bright, and then go. Uh, right? Love like, it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Yeah. Kindred sister here. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> This has awesome. been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Of course. You are so welcome. And for the ladies, I will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.